Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. Folks, I don't know if you know who this young man is, but he is an amazing content creator on YouTube. Somebody who's been on the channel. Somebody was an original guest way back when One Rental at a Time started. I've always owed him a great debt of gratitude for coming on when I was a nothing channel. The one and only Spencer Cornelia. How you doing, Spencer? Great. I am super excited to discuss whatever we're going to talk about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't actually tell my guests. We just kind of jump in. Uh, so, Spencer, something you did for me, I want to call it a year ago. Uh, you and Todd Baldwin, uh, both millennials, uh, both have chosen house hacking as the way to financial freedom, right? To have a better life. And, you know, there really are two flavors of house hacking. There's a whole buy a fourplex, live in one, rent out the other three units. We're going to talk about the other version, which you and Todd have both made famous. And that is, I'll call it roommates. Uh, you now have, by my count, four such properties. Uh, you right. just celebrated buying your fourth. So why don't you kind of define what this is? Because I, again, I think this is a way for Gen Z millennials to get on a property ladder, actually get a quote unquote more expensive home, right? Because again, extra bedrooms mean extra income. Uh, so why don't you kind of highlight what it is? Maybe talk about your last deal, why it was such a super home run and we'll go from there. The perfect strategy would be actually to mix what I do and what you do. And so you buy a house hack and then you go one rental at a time. So each you year go. you buy a new house hack. So if you mix the strategies, it's like a superpower. Yeah, I think there's two ways to describe this, which is house hacking is one. I think that refers to buying a place that you intend to occupy. So this would be an owner-occupied loan. Generally, 35 to 5% down is what you hear. If you need to get to 10%, that's an option as well. And so that would be the house hacking model where you have roommates that live in the house with you. But I think what can become more popular over the next 10 years is also you could call it just the rent by room model. I haven't come up with a catchy marketing slogan just yet, but you don't have to necessarily live in the property out here in Vegas in the area I live in, a single family would go for 2,600 to 3,000. And if mm -hmm. I were to buy that property myself and not live in it, I could get 4,700 to 5,000 if I wanted to rent by room. Obviously that's going to come with more headaches, which I'm sure we could talk about, mm -hmm. but the premium is there. And so it, it comes to it with a trade-off. If you want to take on the headaches, you get more money. Yeah. And this is, again, something you were gracious enough to come on a year ago and share with the channel and, and, and students talk about. I, I just want to dig into it because, again, I think it's a unique model. And I do think it is uniquely positioned. It, you don't have to be young and single, but it certainly helps. Right. Once you start adding uh, family and more specifically kids, it obviously becomes more more difficult. Um, but why don't you talk about your very first house? Act? I, I Again, I think what a was an intentional you know, B, what'd you find? So let, let's go back to day one. What was that first one like? Back in 2015, I moved to Las Vegas from Oakland, California. And I had this idea of ownership. I liked the idea of owning my house. I'm very fortunate that my parents always owned the houses we lived in. So I, maybe that was just a, menta a privileged mentality that I had. And so in Oakland, California, I was making $34,000 a year. Now, of course, you can't, if you know anything about Oakland real estate, you're not buying anything. And so, of course, you, you rent and you, get, you have to get roommates to get by. And so the idea of ownership was never even a thought. And when I moved to Vegas, I started looking around. I like checking out Zillow. I like the idea of owning real estate. Mm -hmm. And I looked at the prices and did my calculation on my income. My income was only 40000 at the time. So it was only a $6,000 increase. 
but because of the affordability of houses, owning became an option. So I lived in a, a place very, very frugally, a, not a nice area, but I lived in a place and, and started to look into the idea of buying. And there were condos. If anyone knows Vegas, outside Westgate, right outside the Strip, there's a Las Vegas Country Club. It's a very nice community. It's a gated community golf course, and they have a condo section. And I bought a place for $120,000, put down 20%, and I was able to rent the other room for $700 a month. My total expenses were $880. So I went from paying whatever I was paying before to essentially living for $180. And I was blown away. I was like, this seems like a hack. And if you look at the equity, each month, my mortgage was a little more than $180. So I was technically living for free. Yeah, exactly. it kind of blew my mind. And at this time, this would have been 2016. The idea of house hacking was becoming a more popular term on bigger pockets, which at the time mm -hmm. was starting to explode in popularity. And sure. so I, I started to do the strategy that was also becoming popular. And, uh, and then that was the first one. And then I'll let you ask the next question. But essentially, then I met a friend who had a more extreme house hack. And I was like, oh, I like this strategy. Well, let's just go into that. Let's go into the more extreme house hack. Because again, I think you kind of dipped your toe into it. You're right. Bigger Pockets was bringing around in 16. Uh, you had a single roommate. Correct. And then you, uh, you, you saw a different possibility. What, what was the extreme house hack? Yeah. So the condo, I actually paid for my buddy to break a lease because of how fruitful it was. And I wanted to make sure the first tenant was a friend. That way, yeah, somebody you just, knew. Yeah. I could get my feet wet with the easiest strategy. Um, and so fast forward, end of 2018, end of 2018, I had seen the market and all everyone was talking about a possible crash. And I was like, okay. oh, everyone's saying, hey, it's been 10 years since the crash. Every 10 years, there's a crash. I go, okay. <laughs> the, condo, the condo felt like it was at its peak because the HOA okay. was really high for Las Vegas. Sure. And so I, I yeah. was looking at the income versus the cost of ownership of that property. I was like, there's no way it's worth more than 180. Ironically, it's now worth significantly more. So I was wrong about that. But <laughs> yeah. I still think I made a great decision. So I decided to sell my condo because I had met a friend at my meetup who had a seven bed, five bath house here in Las Vegas. And he said, he's like, yeah, wow. man, I house hack and I'm, I make $1,500 a month. I'm penciling it out and going, wait a second, you live in the property and make 1500. I thought I had it made because I was down to $180 in cost mm -hmm. of ownership, but he's cash flowing and with as frugal as I was at the time, 1500, I could have been quote unquote financially free <laughs> for just from that one property. So then yeah. it opened up my eyes to the ability to maybe go to the more extreme. And so at, at that time, at the end of 2018, he was interested in selling his property. I was interested in buying it. So it allowed for me to sell the condo and then okay. essentially take the, the proceeds equity. for the down payment for his property. Very, very cool. And this is obviously a strategy you've moved on for. You just celebrated again. I track you on social media. So thank you for all you do there. Uh, you just closed on your, I think your fourth. Correct. Uh, so talk about that. It's three levels. You kind of like the setup. It was five now, six bedrooms because you added some walls and closets. Why don't you talk about that latest purchase? Because, you know, prices are a little bit higher now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I am at four properties. One is an Airbnb. If that doesn't work out, I can always drop back to a house hack model. So I'm, I have 18 tenants under management right now. I would be the 19th. And just to give you a picture of what I have. Yep. And so that's uh, 18 tenants between three plus the Airbnb. And so the most recent purchase was, I think, October, end of October of 2022. Mm -hmm. I purchased a, down here in the southwest part of Las Vegas. There's a certain builder that I really like. They have a three-story model. Twenty. This one's 2,700 square feet. My last one was 3,065 square feet. I like this model because the three stories allows for a little more natural separation of tenants. And there's mm -hmm. just, it's, it's a great model for uh, room, just the feeling that you aren't always on top of other people, which is necessary for this model. And I have a, it was a five bed, three and a half bath. I bought it for 585,000. That's what it appraised for. I have no problem paying 
whatever it's worth because no yeah. difference to me. I make my money in the cash flow and the tax savings. Right. And so it was a five bed house. And then this model has a big loft. And this is what I talk about in my course or anyone I mentor out here in Vegas is I say, always look for properties where you can add a bedroom because right. generally the cost is, is very marginal. You're adding a wall, which yeah, a, three, a wall, four grand. a closet and a door. Yeah. And it, at worst, you might have to maybe go into a wall and move some electrics around and okay, maybe four or five grand in total. But in, in my experience, you're probably getting at least 600 a month for any room addition. Even in the worst part of town, you can get 600 a month up to if it has nice access to a bathroom, then you're probably up to 800 a month. So if, if you look at it as an investment a four or $5,000 investment, you're making it back real quick. So anyway, the total rental income for this property, if I did not occupy it, like if I move out, it would be about 4,700 to 5,000. Yeah. And I remember again, having all these conversations with you when you, when you were nice enough to come on for a deep dive, uh, let's talk about kind of tenant selection, right? Cause again, you know, these are roommates, right? You're, you're going to be living there and, and uh, talk about how you kind of interview for that. What, what's that all about? Cause again, that's, that's the headache that most people think is, Oh my God, I got, you know, five people under one roof and you know, they just, they just, their minds go wild. So talk about tenant selection and just what do you put in place operationally to, to reduce the risks of craziness? I think the most important thing to understand is concept. And so I'll start with that. And the, the concept yep. is culture, establishing a culture. I believe that's what Todd and I talked about the previous yep. time I was on your show. And then right. I have a buddy out here, Taylor Weiss, who he was doing, he actually had something like, I think he had eight, eight people in one house and a casita on one property. So nine strangers. So we also kind of say the same thing. We realize that culture is most important. Here's why kind of similar. I imagine running a company. I've never had the ability to have 50 employees, but it, you, know, you hear the word culture a lot in successful entrepreneurs. And I think that's most important is because if you have people that come in and don't fit a culture that you want, it's going to blow up. That person could have the best credit score, the nicest person, look nice, presentable. I mean, all the things they check all the boxes, mm -hmm. but if they move in and they, maybe they eat other people's food and that bothers everyone else, it's just not going to be a good fit despite having all the checklist items. And so in my experience, I have found no correlation between past your past history, meaning do you have some arrest records or not paying rent before? I don't really care too much because I found that the best situation is when, if someone has a stable job or stable income, they pay on time and they follow the rules. And they, and they fit in with the culture. If that's the case, I don't personally care about credit score. I've had so many tenants with terrible, the worst credit scores. I've had felons, no correlation. Those, some of those were the, the best tenants I've ever had. I found no correlation between the natural landlord checklist and what works for house hacking. Oh, very interesting. And again, I remember something that we talked about a year ago, and I think you've, you've announced it here, but I don't think a lot of people caught it. I was pushing you to create a house hacking course or rule book or whatever you want to call it, because you dropped a lot of things. I think it's still on my YouTube channel. You can go to a playlist called deep dive. And I think it's just called house hacking. You, you can get all kinds of great content from that video is two hours long, I think. And uh, it appears you have finally listened, or at least you've heard from other people, because this is something that I have no experience in. Very few people have. Um, somebody that's been doing it for five or six years has been through a lot. You've made lots of mistakes. And again, I think this is a way for lots of people to get in. Um, so you, you created something finally, and your price point is uh, reasonable. So uh, kudos to you for that. So tell us about why you, why you created it, what can people look for in it, and where they can find it. I think I waited until the right time to create it. Theoretically, I could have created it a long time ago, but I feel like I've had enough experiences lately where I think this was the right time because I've had, I'm now at four. I have a few that I manage 
quote unquote remotely in the sense that right. I don't live in it, which is always people's fear. What happens if I buy the property and I want to move at some point, I want to move out. What happens? Right. Do you have six strangers living in a house? And so I felt like that was the appropriate time. And uh, also with the course, I, I did a bunch of property tours. So I finally got my MLS access. So I, I did 16 or 17 property tours where I walked okay. through a property and talked about what what was right or wrong about a property from a house hacking perspective. And so I just felt like it was the right time. Yeah, I charge two ninety seven right now, and uh, I finally created a course. A lot of people were telling me to do it, but I I think it was the right time, and I'm glad I waited. No, I think you're right. I think I think that just goes to who you are, right? I you know people know you on YouTube as the guy that's just honest. You dig in things, all of that. So I think you're right. I think I think doing it too soon would have thrown you in the, the guru camp, which I know you it just repulses you. Uh, but I also know uh, that you're doing something important, and it's working, and you've been through some crazy stuff. Let's just remind people of a story you shared in the past. You had some crazy nut job set fire to something, as I recall. Yeah, you know, the story it can't happen even. The story got even worse. Oh no! <laughs> Brace yourself. Yeah, it was ironic. I was out in Tampa for the Creator Clash event. My buddy Graham Stefan was fighting, and uh, one of the tenants at that property, who uh, this tenant had lived with, he lived with all of us. The tenant that lit something on something on fire inside my house that caused a lot of damage. He ended up, I guess fleeing to Florida somehow. He unfortunately was not right up here. And he ended up killing someone at a mosque. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. And he was on the run and the police found him at a Costco parking lot and shot him. He ended up dying oh in my. prison. Oh my goodness. Wow. Well, <laughs> so yeah, if you want to learn how to house hack it, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I don't mind but, sharing okay. the realities because I never want to, yeah. I never want someone to sign up thinking it's going to be like a, the easiest way to make money. And and have a problem within three months. Go, oh, Spencer, I thought this was the greatest thing ever. I, it's I'm worth it. So glad you said that because one of the things that drove me nuts is I speak at a lot of places and I love the opportunity, but I'm always there to hear from the audience. Uh, a couple of years ago, I heard it from Airbnb. Everybody was doing it, and I my experience says when everybody goes one direction, some bad shit's about to happen. And sure enough, it has, right? People people bought the wrong properties in the right area with the wrong expectations, with the wrong debt, and now lots of pain. I, I love the fact that you just bring real life. And that's why I think it was important for you to wait so you can tell the bad stuff. So again, as we kind of wrap this up, um, tell us where you can maybe first tell us kind of the big sections that are in it. And then where can people go find it and kind of you know look look through it? Yeah, my intro is essentially why I think house hacking is a great opportunity. I personally believe in the next 10 years, it's going to become even more popular as we just all the numbers show the supply of housing Agreed. just isn't there. We're not seeing any builders build the 3-2 for 325000 in a major market. And so I think the rent by room model is going to become more necessary, both from the renter perspective, because I'm I'm very proud to say I provide a really good service for my tenants that probably half of my tenants would not have another option had it not right. been for what I offer. And so I see that from a human perspective, I feel like I offer something that's very necessary. And I know people who get in this game feel the same way. You, you, I will receive a thank you from my tenants. Like, thank you for offering this, which I, I believe is rare. Uh, and so I think it's become more popular. And I also think just speaking about the Airbnb, the benefit of understanding how to manage the rent by room is you do have kind of that fallback. If you were to make a mistake and buy an Airbnb in an area and go, oh, wow, I made a mistake. Mm, good point. If you can rent by the room, you can probably at least break even on your expenses and at least mitigate your quote unquote bad financial decision. And mm. so, yeah, I have an intro just on why I think the house hacking is going to be such an important model. I also have, break down all of the all the management side, which I think is the real value of this course, because realistically, like go buy a house and rent to roommates. It's not that difficult, but yeah, the, the concept's not that simple. It's, yeah. it's the it's the nuts and bolts or what I'll call the operation. And I'm glad that's yeah. the need of it. 
how, and I, I have a whole section for my contracts, how I run my entire business, all of my spreadsheets, everything I use. I also have my house rules document. Here's how I, here's the questions I ask for prospective tenants. Here's things to look out for. Here's all the things I buy. Basically I have a SOP. So it's real simple. Like here's an Amazon checklist for everything I need. When I buy a property, here's the 12, 12 steps I do. It's actually more like 30, but here's the 30 steps. And so I've, I try to make it as easy as possible where someone can kind of have their hand held throughout the process. And they feel like if they were to buy a house hack, then through my course, they would have the ability to know essentially the whole step, step-by-step step from buying to renting out to managing their first one. And then I also talk about what happens when you move out and want to manage from afar. Because now that I have that experience with a few different properties, um, I think that's important to talk about. Because I, I hope to see, I would love to see students not only get house hacks, but I would love to see them build a three or four property portfolio. Because at about three or four house hacks, you you should be at the point of maybe twenty to forty thousand a year in net income. Yeah. Which at this point in America, like that's that's outstanding. If you could do that, you're you've at least covered most of your hard costs in life. Yeah. Again, I do think house hacking is the way of the future. Again, it's something you can use because you're right. Builders aren't building the entry level homes. Uh, again, you can get owner financing, right? Three and a half, five percent down. You get the best rates. There's just lots of wins. Uh, again, you could do it every year or so. Uh, you know, you can really build your portfolio off of this and cash flow and all of that. So again, have Spencer you seen a lot of, have you seen a lot of builder finance? Uh, meaning I went and toured a property. It was a new build. Mm -hmm. And they said, if you use our lender, the developer's lender, you get a 0% down payment program. Is that, has that been something you've seen over the years? So those are coming, or I've seen a few of those. I've absolutely seen builders offer below market rates, right? We'll give you a 4.99 is very common today when, you know, market rates are seven. Uh, I haven't seen anybody do zero down yet, at least not that I've seen, uh, but I've seen owner or builders offer discount rates, which means something to you, right? You're getting a loan. It's two points lower. That's all cash flow. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So again, I think owner ox is the way to go. And this is a way you can actually, you can actually live in a nicer part of town in a newer unit for free. Yeah. And it's you mentioned kids. Thing. I just want to address that since a lot of people, since I want to yeah. include everyone here, there are options. If you can get creative, there are options, not only for casitas or what some people call like a mother-in-law suite. There are options. If you have the kids element and you don't want to technically live with roommates, that's one option to offset costs. ADUs in some cities, converted yeah. garage in some cities are options. Just you need to kind of know what you're doing there. You might need a little help from a professional to look for that. But then there's also, of course, the small multifamily and, um, and there's also one other, oh, if you can get creative, some houses, if you have a little bit of construction experience in some cities, you can almost create a duplex where you maybe isolate a, a it, you can do this legally where you just maybe add a door and just tell the tenant, hey, don't come through the door kind of thing. But you, mm -hmm. as long as they have an external entrance to the basement or something, you can get creative where you, you offset your costs. Yeah. Again, one of the things you've seen on my channel with most of my millionaires is they've done house hacking sometime in their journey. My One of my largest financial regrets, and I don't have many, is I didn't house hack a fourplex at 20 years old. It would have changed my financial future. It would have been crazy. Uh, Spencer, one question you haven't answered. Where can people find it? Instagram, at Spencer Cornelia one I just found last night you could put the course in the bio. So that oh, should help. Go. It's a Kajabi course, so the URL is really long and too difficult. So follow to you on it. Follow you on Instagram. One more time. What is your yeah. handle? At Spencer Cornelia one, the number awesome. one. Awesome, buddy. Thanks again.